This episode brought to you by Manscaped. Use code REVISITED for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Robbie! Pardue, what are you doing? Going to join the Great Hall. You can't. It's a trap. I have spells. I'm going to fly. You don't have enough points. I am the maze controller. Maze Maze controller? Yes. And I have absolute authority in this game. Game? Game. And the Oscar goes to somebody else in 1992 because Tom Hanks didn't win an Oscar for this role. Welcome back, oh everybody. Thanks to a li- yeah. <laughs> oh you, I, I, we have just put you through the ending uh. of the film we're talking about because this is a, I have to, this has to be a public disclaimer. Don't watch this movie. It is fucking terrible. What movie and what podcast are you listening to? Thank you for asking that question, though. Welcome back. It is officially, it is November 8th as, the, as of the recording of this episode, a little late this week, and it is officially Thanksgiving. Thanks, our good friend, uh, hold on, I got the email up so I can credit the right person, uh, Ryan Lara, I think doctor, I should say. Yes, Dr. Ryan Lara, the veterinarian <laughs> from Canada, reminded me, as I asked him last year about Thanksgiving when it came up, and he was true to his word. So if you need veterinary services, wherever he's at in <laughs> Canada... Look up Dr. Ryan Lear. And thank you, Ryan, for reminding me. But yes, it is Thanksgiving here on the podcast, which is 80s Revisited, which is also hosted by me, Jesse Sedgley, who is... <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, Jesse? I thought I took a potion and I could podcast. No, Woo! this movie just got me flabbergasted. I'm Trey Harris. And with me as always is my producer. Man, this is like a mess, almost like this movie. It is. See what it and, does? And see, and all right, Jesse, we can stop the, the, we're, you know, we're the scripted part of the show. We, we're, yeah. this, that was all scripted, everybody. We're, yeah. you know, we good usually. Skit. Good skit. Yeah, yeah, great. Good job. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, we'll totally cover that one. We're talking about mazes and monsters this week. Have you ever heard of this movie? I sure as hell did until I was looking for Tom Hanks 80s movies that I hadn't seen, which I've seen all of them as of now because I have seen mazes and monsters. And I urge you. Do not. Much like people in the 80s did to their children, begging them, don't play Dungeons and Dragons. It's a doorway to hell and Satan will take your soul. No. Mazes and monsters just sucks (laughs) the will to live as you watch this movie. Now, full disclosure, this is a television movie. It wasn't a theatrical movie. But it is Thanksgiving season and we want to celebrate the good. And yes, there is actually a bad Tom Hanks movie. A Mm. really 
bottom of the barrel, quite possibly the worst movie I've we've ever done on the podcast. Yes, that's a spoiler. It is the worst movie we've ever done on the podcast, mm. in my opinion. I would rather watch Garbage Pail Kids, a double feature of Garbage Pail Kids and Xanadu, than watch Mazes and Monsters again. That's how bad, how absolutely terrible this movie is. But let's talk about it for a minute <laughs> instead of me just be bagging on it. It came. It was it released uh, not TV-ically, not theatrically. It uh, premiered, there you go, that's the word I'm looking for, on your television sets, yeah. December 28th, 1992. And Ill Omen for ringing, you know, being so close to the new year. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, 82, excuse me. 82, yes. Yeah. What is, what podcast? Uh, I don't know. It's the <laughs> chaos and, and, you know, first pod, it's the, it's the first time podcasting podcast. This is my first podcast. Right. Uh, <sighs> let me center myself. Focus yeah. on the spirit of Pardue. That's a Mazes and Monsters joke, everybody. Anyway, IMDb gives it 4.2, which is way too fucking high. 0% critics on Rotten Tomatoes, because no critics wasted their time with this. However, 19% audience. And that is still too high. Uh, You can watch it if you'd like to on Crackle or Peacock or Plex or Tubi. I recommend watching anything else, because this is an hour and a half of your life you cannot get back. And believe me, excuse me, hour and 40. Jesus Christ. Felt like an eternity watching it. I'm, 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 this is this is no satire. This is I'm, I'm dead serious. This movie's terrible. Don't watch it. Watch that. Go to YouTube and listen and watch the scene we just played, and then read the Wikipedia synopsis. I saved you an hour and thirty eight minutes of your life. It's which you can go back and listen to an episode of this podcast. Uh, no info on the budget, opening, gross, all that. Because again, it's a TV movie. And you're gonna hear the word TV more in this episode than any other episode we've ever done, including our episode on TV shows. So uh, it was directed by Stephen Hillard Stern, who previously directed a bunch of TV shows and movies. So this was his wheelhouse. It was written, the teleplay, because they don't call them screenplays, they call them teleplays, uh, was written by Tom Lazarus, an obvious screen name or pen name. Now, he did do something else. He did. He wrote Stigmata, the night, late or early 2000s or late 90s uh, devil thriller with uh, Patricia Arquette and uh, oh, Gabriel Byrne where Patricia Arquette received the stigmata. I didn't care for that movie. Uh, and he also did a lot of other TV shows, such as Jake and the Fat Man and Stingray. And this was actually based on a book by a person named Rona or Rana Jaff or Jaffe. Not sure of the pronunciation or the emphasis on either of those names, first or last. Cinematography by Laszlo George. Great name, but shoddy career because he just did a bunch of TV movies. However, this did star in his first ever leading role the great, and I, 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 I used to be able to say always great, but I can't anymore because mm. I've seen Mazes and Monsters. So if you don't want to have to have an asterisk every time you say the always great Tom Hanks, don't watch this movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only way to, 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 for you to honestly say that. I can never say that anymore, and I just realized that, and I'm really kind of sad. But he was Robbie, Blemish. of course. <laughs> a permanent blemish <laughs> on his career. Uh, and again, it's his first leading role. You know, I'm being facetious on that. But of course, Saving Private Ryan, Philadelphia, Castaway, Toy Story, Forrest Gump, Captain Phillips. All, you know, every, if you don't know who Tom Hanks is, are you even fucking cognizant? Uh, Wendy Crewson was Kate. She was also in Air Force One. Uh, the Sixth Day, uh, Schwarzenegger, The Santa Claus. And a, uh, she was on an episode of a TV show that for some reason... I have vivid memories of as a kid wa- loving this show. It was a TV show called Adderley. Now, does anybody remember that show? Of course, none of you do. I remember it simply because of this. 
the lead guy was like a detective or a private eye. Some, he was something. But he wore a glove on one of his hands because somebody hit it with a mace and he couldn't move it. But obviously the actor could actually move that hand. So I would always watch the show and just it would crack me up when he would you'd see him move his hand that was paralyzed. So that's Adderley for you. That's all I remember. I don't even remember who was in it, but she was. Wendy Crewson was in it, one episode of it. Uh, but I just, I'll never forget that show because of the gag of him. Like the whole gimmick of the show was he couldn't use his hand. One of his hands. He's got the other one. It wasn't like it was a metal hand, like Weird Al's dad or anything that he could like weird, chop people with, you know, and beat up accordion salesmen <laughs> or anything like that. But anyway, uh, David Wasaki was Daniel. Now, he was, this is a, he's a lifer in terms of television. Let me readjust my dentures. There you go. Specifically, daytime television. Tons of episodes of Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, and Young and the Restless. And I also, I meant to mention with Wendy Crewson, character actress. Like, you, you, know, you might not recognize her, but she's been, like, you look at her IMDb, 140 plus credit. She's been in a ton of shit. You know her. Not as well as you know Tom Hanks, but you know You'll recognize her. You have like, ah, oh, like she looks familiar. What have I seen her in? You've seen her on television. And she's been in some big name movies too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Chris Makepeace was JJ. He was also in Meatballs and Vamp. And then this name, when I saw this name in the credits, I was like, Anne Francis. Why do I know that name? And I know it because of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Anne uh, Francis starred in. Forbidden Planet. There you go. Well, I'm not going to do the rest. Uh, but of course, <laughs> Anne Francis from Forbidden Planet. She was Ellie in this movie. Now she was, a, she had this, she had another character actress for her career for the most part. Over 100, uh, like, uh, uh, I think 150 credits on IMDb. 160, oh, just, 168 credits on IMDb. Character actress, Forbidden Planet, tons and tons of television, everything from Alfred Hitchcock Presents to Home Improvement and an episode of Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh, also, another uh, scream queen, basically, uh, Anne Francis, you know, Forbidden Planet. Vera Miles was cat in this. She was in Psycho. She was uh, Marion's sister, the one that uh, screams at the end. Spoiler for uh, <laughs> Psycho, if you haven't seen Psycho after 70 years, however long, however long it's been. <laughs> uh, but she's the one who screams at the end when Mrs. Bates' body turns around and she bumps the light, causes it to swing around, and Norman runs in in his mother's outfit. And then the, the other guy, Dr. Loomis, which is where John Carpenter got the name for his titular character, Dr. Loomis. No, actually, no, no, Dr. Loomis is the one that got knocked down the stairs, I think. I haven't seen Psycho in forever. Dr. Loomis is in it, but the other guy comes in, stops Norman. That's Vera Miles, the woman in that scene. Long, short story long, I guess. Anyway, she's also in The Searchers, Man Shot Liberty Valance. Again, 160 plus credits. Legendary actress of old Hollywood. And uh, another familiar face, especially for me, Murray Hamilton shows up as Lieutenant Martini. That's his real name in the movie, Lieutenant Martini. But of course, Unforgettable as the mayor in Jaws 1 and 2. And also, he's Mr. Robinson in The Graduate with, of course, uh, I almost said Dennis. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> not, not his brother, Dennis, but uh, Dennis Hoffman. Dustin <laughs> Hoffman. Uh, and then veteran of the podcast himself, Kevin Peter Hall as Goreville. Uh, Harry and the Henderson's Predator. Some recently we did, too, because we talked about it. I can't remember, though. But story career, passed away tragically due to AIDS. Uh, from, a, I think, a blood transfusion, if I remember correctly. Uh, but you don't see it, again, as usual for Kevin Peter Hall, unfortunately, you don't see his face because he's wearing a mask. But yeah, in case you haven't noticed, uh, Mason the Monster sucks. Uh, <laughs> this is legitimately a terrible movie. Why'd you pick it, Trey? Somebody out there just screamed. I heard you, and I'll tell you why. Look at all the 80s movies of Tom Hanks, and uh, Dr. Ryan, vet from Canada, like you were right. I, I could have swore we had done Turner and Hooch on the podcast, how much I brought it up every time we talk about Craig T. Nelson. 
we haven't done Turner and Hooch. We're not doing it for Thanksgiving because I got to save a big one for a big, you know, next year. Uh, so I was like, looking through all of his, Tom Hanks's extremely long filmography because he's been in a ton of stuff. And looking at his 80s movies, I was like, hey, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this. I have never even heard of this Mazes and Monsters movie. And I'm, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Jesse played Dungeons and Dragons. We love games. This is, you know, Tom Hanks in a Dungeons and Dragons TV movie in the 80s. That sounds great. Premise, top notch. Execution, should have executed me because I would have rather died than watch this movie. It's fucking terrible. Seriously, people. Everybody listening to me, again, I told you where you could watch it. I'm dead serious. This movie is bad. There is not a redeeming quality about this movie. 100%. Now, the, if you go on IMDb and see the cover, it looks like it's, you know, the opposite of the Masters of the Universe movie where Tom Hanks and some kids playing D&D go into a fantasy world. That's what I thought it was. It's not. It's not. It's basically, here's the premise of the movie. Uh, Tom Hanks is a rich kid, uh, goes to college, meets some other kids that like playing mazes and monsters, a.k.a. Dungeons and Dragons. And then one of the people they're playing with, J.J., but played by Chris Makepeace, which I mentioned earlier, uh, his character dies, just walks into a fucking obvious trap that's on the board. And he's going to pout about it. And all the kids are giving other, other characters are giving him shit about it. Like, J.J., why didn't you use your float spell? I don't have enough character point. But like the, the stupid argument from somebody that had a base, very basic knowledge of D&D. Uh, so he's like, you know what? We should play Mazes and Monsters for real. He goes and DMs a LARP in this abandoned cave that they even say, like, hey, people died in here. It's like, oh, it's don't worry. It's safe. So then they, they're LARPing in there. They're playing D&D. You know, nothing to laugh about. I'd totally do that. That sounds incredibly fun to me. Uh, but while they're in there, Tom Hanks sees one of the creatures come out. At this point, I'm like, okay, the movie's finally picking up. This must be, the cave must be a portal to this fantasy world or something. No, uh, he sees it because he's having a mental breakdown and basically becoming a schizophrenic. Uh, so this movie is has really nothing to do with mazes and monsters or Dungeons and Dragons, except he believes his schizophrenia is manifesting it as being real. And that scene that we listened to at the beginning is him is Tom Hanks about to jump off the World Trade Center because he can has a potion that can make him fly and he believes it. Uh, he also has these fever dreams of some white, uh, some dude in white light at the end of a, a culvert tunnel. Clearly, they just filmed it in one of the big culverts because it's you can see the uh, the boring of it. Uh, speaking of boring, that's this movie in a nutshell. But uh, I will say this: I, I I can't say one good thing about this movie. Tom Hanks acted in it as if it was Forrest Gump or Philadelphia. Mm. Like you can you can tell that he's like got it some very good acting skills in terms of dramatic, but because this movie is so terrible, it's comedic. Like when he cries and you get to see his face at the, yeah. uh, in the video, uh, you know, it is comedic, but on, but I'll, to be perfectly fair and honest, I mean, it's, it's just, again, it's his first, this is his first leading role after bosom buddies was canceled. And Tom Hanks, because of bosom buddies was known as a comedic actor. And that a lot of his early career is comedies. Splash, Man One Red Shoe, Bachelor Party, uh, Money Pit, you know, it wasn't until really, I mean, about looking at his filmography, I think maybe Philadelphia might have been like the big, I mean, that's the one he won the Oscar for, you know, the first, his first Oscar. That might have been his, off the top of my head, his first serious, you know, role of like, whoa, Tom Hanks can really fucking act. And, uh, and like I said, in, in this movie, when he's like having to be dramatic, it's good acting, but it doesn't fit in this movie. So it, 
it's it's completely out of place for the rest of the movie that you're watching. So, and I guess in a sense, he overacted it. I can't I can't decide if he overacted it or was just acting so good. Uh, I'm not saying that to kiss Tom Hanks' ass because I don't even never met the guy. Uh, it looks like the James Vanderbeek meme. <laughs> it does exactly. exactly. <laughs> Take a screenshot of that while you got it up, <laughs> so we can post that on the feed. Like <laughs> it's that's exa- it's almost perfect. It is legit. Like again, visual joke on audio podcast. We usually have two of those an episode. Follow uh, us and you'll. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Instagram. 80s revisited. Eighty eight zero s underscore revisited. <laughs> so yeah, not to harp too much on it. I mean, again, like I'm I'm not joking, people. I, I know we we tease a lot on here. You know, we do a lot of facetiousness. This movie is is legitimately terrible, one hundred percent terrible. There is nothing worth watching, and y'all know me. I can find good stuff in bad movies. Uh, I, I this movie has stumped me. There is nothing redeemable. I will never ever watch this movie again. I will only speak of it as the old people do in movies when you know they speak of a demon and then have to spit like, "Oh, mazes and monsters." <laughs> I spit at that movie. Terrible. Terrible movie. <laughs> and you bring up the James Van Der <laughs> He was definitely channeling Tom Hanks' Amazes and Monsters. <laughs> yeah. It's very close. It's like, it's very close. It's pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> even it's the, it, the head tilts the same. Yeah, you can do the Photoshop like layer on layer and then change the opacity and it's yeah. like right, it's right there. <laughs> anyway, not to harp on that joke that people can't hear, yep. uh, so to speak. But uh, there's not too much trivia on the film because, again, this was a TV movie in 1982 that uh, nobody gave a shit about until Tom Hanks got big. But there is there is one interesting thing about it, which we'll get to more so about the book. But it's (laughs) – I can't watch your screen right now, Jesse, because it's just cracking me up. Uh, But the film began production literally right after Bosom Buddies was canceled in the summer of 82. And over the course of the film, J.J. wears eight different hats, and he changes hats 14 times. Isn't that a man? <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, um, let me know when you're done. <laughs> it's, it's, it's distracting. I'm, he's making them. I'm watching him create this meme in front. Of, I don't want. I want to see the finished one. I want to see the production. I want to see it when it's done. But um, but so this is this is the only this is the, this is the interesting thing about the movie. Now, of course, in the, in the in the 80s, you had the whole satanic panic craze, which you know the recent season of Stranger Things really harped on with the D and D and all that stuff. And that that was real. Uh, in fact, uh, first season of True Detective was based on an actual story that uh, from not too far, me and Jesse lived in Louisiana about some satanic shit going on in church. Uh, but this was that wasn't during the satanic panic. That was after. But it, it was a huge thing. Huge, huge. Uh, back in the early 80s and all, all through the 80s, kind of, you know, until teetered out near the end about like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is, is channeling demons and. Ouija boards do all this. It was all, it was, it was legitimate crazy. And it was like, you know, I remember seeing as a kid, like, you know, I never heard the word satanic until then. Like it's satanic. Like, I just like, whoa, that sounds pretty fucking cool. You know, it didn't, I'm just like, kids want to play it more. And there's nothing, you know, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, in, in hindsight, 2020, usually for most people with a rational mind, unless they've, you know, voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, anyway. But the novel, the source novel, was inspired by the disappearance of Michigan State University student James Dallas Egbert III. Oh, shit, another. I'm a third. Oh, God, creepy. No, not really. Who gives a shit? Anyway, who was, he was thought to have gone into the college's steam tunnels to play a live-action game of Dungeons & Dragons, but in reality, he just went down there to kill himself. 
Uh, in fact, his depression probably had nothing to do with the role-playing game, but was likely brought on by the pressures of school, drug addiction, and other personal issues. <laughs> Much like uh, most every, you know, but they, they just want to go blame it on Marilyn. Uh, the truth about Egbert's disappearance didn't come out until after William Deere, a private investigator hired by the family uh, of Egbert, published his own account of the incident three years after the novel was published. So it could be argued then that Mazes and Monsters was born of the public hysteria based on an urban myth surrounding Egbert's disappearance. So there you go. A bunch of fucking hearsay with <laughs> speculation and good old right-wing evangelical fervor thrown in to stir the pot of a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, uh, the film has been, was originally available on VHS tape and DVD and, and various streaming service, like I mentioned before. I'm not going to mention them again because I really don't want you to watch this movie. Uh, and of course, when you say that, people think, oh, I really want to watch it now. Like, seriously, people, I'm not fucking joking. Uh, it, received a, it did receive a 40th anniversary Blu-ray this year which was the first high-definition version uh, ever. And it was published by Plumeria Pictures on the 19th of September. So just not too long ago, it was the 40th. It just came out on the, blue, the Blu-ray. Score, I give it a fucking one. This movie, wow. I'm, again, I'm not, I am not kidding. There's no humor in this. Do not watch this movie. It is terrible. It is ter- like, I, if Mystery Science Theater or Riff Tracks or whoever were doing a, uh, this movie, I still don't think I'd watch it. I don't think even that could redeem it to make it anything enjoyable. Legitimately, people, this movie is fucking terrible. But in the real world, this movie came out December 28th, 1982, two days before Time Magazine's Man of the Year was revealed. And for the first time ever, it was given to a non-human. The computer Mm. was the Man of the Year. Although, you know, shame on you for gendering a computer time sexiest man <laughs> <laughs> that went to the uh the uh what is it the graphing calculator or something <laughs> i don't know yeah we have to think of the nintendo or something whatever oh, 1982 yeah the atari 2600 i don't know whatever gaming system that got the sexiest man of the year but uh back to the future this week uh me and jesse both saw a particular movie but we'll save the best for last because i did see you know we're we, this is our first episode since ho- our Halloween coverage. So I did see a couple more Halloween movies before the end of spooky season. The first was called Spirit Halloween, and it is the based store? on the store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Jesse, well, we, no, before, whenever, we do, whenever we do the podcast, we talk and we catch up and we usually go on a tangent or down a rabbit hole with something. What? And this time yeah. it, was, it was our old our old movies that led to other old movies and bad acting and all sorts of other stuff. The spirit Halloween movie is it's a, it's a kid's movie. First off, it's definitely like meant for kids. Uh, mm. I wanted to watch it because Christopher Lloyd was in it and he's here. And just, if you were interested in watching it for that same reason, he's in it for like two minutes and then it's his voice. Uh, but when he's in it live action, he's channeling judge doom and was great in it. Uh, but the movie's, much like Mazes and Monsters, pretty damn stupid. Although I would watch it again over Mazes and Monsters for sure. So if you were like, oh, that Spirit Halloween movie, I, th- I thought it might be a little silly. It is silly, but it, the lead kid actor in it. Have you ever watched a movie and you just, you could just tell this person is trying really hard to act? Mm. That's what this, and it's a kid actor. I'm not trying to be too harsh. I'm just being, I'm just being honest with my opinion here. Terrible actor. 
Like, he's blatantly, like, he's overacting this stupid fucking movie. Kind of like what Tom Hanks was doing. But Tom Hanks was actually doing it to where I could see, like, some good acting. This kid was just terrible. <laughs> Sorry, kid. It is kid, about if the store, isn't it? I was just making that? a joke. Oh, what'd you it, say? It, it is about the store. Oh, yeah, like, 100%. Yeah, I wasn't joking. <laughs> they go wow. spend the night in a spirit Halloween. Did they pay for it? I mean, like... Well, no, like, no, th- like I had a really good joke that I, I kind of sh- sh- snickered at myself while, while I was watching it because, <laughs> uh, you know, it takes it, it takes place on Halloween and they're going out and like every scene I'm like brought to you by Spirit Halloween, brought to you yeah. by Spirit Halloween because every costume they're wearing, every prop, it's from Spirit Halloween. So it's basically an hour and a half advertisement. Hats off to it for being like an hour. It's an hour and twenty seven minutes. So hats off to it for that. Like, yeah, it so. It moves, but it's stupid. This is again. This is like a, I don't know, a a ten year old movie. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what ten year olds like these days. I'm just giving you an example. Like this is a movie for younger kids, yeah. maybe in that junior high range, sixth grade kind of range. Uh, you know, I, I would say it's it's kind of the. What year did Ernest Scared Stupid come out? Can you look that up, Jesse? Like ninety, yeah. early nine, like maybe ninety. I'm gonna guess ninety three. It's my guess. Anyone? Here's stu- oh wow, I was too high, overbid, lost on the mm-hmm. prices, right? So I was 11 when that came out, and I and I obviously I loved it because it was Ernest, but so I I would say yeah, 10 year olds. This is kind of their movie for them because it's it's really che- really fucking cheesy. Uh, but I see how I can see how it would, it would appeal to kids, a younger audience. Uh, so you know, that, I guess that's who they were aiming for. Uh, but it doesn't have the endearment that Ernest <laughs> scared. I'm not compare. I'm not saying it compares to Ernest scared stupid. I'm just saying that that kind of Halloween kitty feeling is mm. kind of what the movie's going for. And I wanted to kind of get a more accurate age group of what I was. But uh, anyway, now that was a bad Halloween movie, except if you're a 10 year old. Yeah. Or if you're an adult and liked it, hey, that's your opinion and it's valid. Great for you. Glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. I did see a good horror movie to finish out the month, and that was Barbarian. No Conan or anything in front of it, just called Barbarian. Now, I don't want to say anything about this movie because this is a movie you don't need to know anything about. Just watch it. I recommend mm-hmm. it. That's the end of it. Watch Barbarian. Great soundtrack. Well done. Great, great horror movie. That's the end of that. Uh, but me and Jesse did both see a movie that came out very recently, just within the past couple of days. or last Maybe Friday, I think it came out. Last Friday it came out, so just uh, four days ago. Uh, a contender for the best movie of the year, in my opinion, and that would be Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And you know what? If you want to be weird, wink, wink, you might want to check out Manscaped.com, where if you use the code REVISITED, not only do you get 20% off, you get free shipping. And they sent me and Jesse the Performance Package 4.0, and as we said before, the body trimmer I've used, I had the 3.0, upgraded to the 4, much better, it's got a much easier, uh, cooler charger, lots of stuff, use it, uh... I'll tell you right now, if you put the guard on it, you can use it on your eyebrows, guys. Trim them eyebrows. Uh, but again, the star of the show for me, I say it every time we gotta we plug them, is the Weed Whacker, the nose trimmer. That thing works so good. Uh, I'm Italian. I have a, I'm 25% Italian. Although, uh, my mom's Ancestry.com says that I really probably am. I'm not 25% Italian, strangely enough. <laughs> I'm more like 15%. Uh, but her dad came from Sicily, pure-blooded, so I'm not sure how that works in genetics. It's a funny thing. But anyway, yeah, the Weed Whacker, it's good for your ears, good for your nose. The body trimmer works everywhere. Uh, keep that armpit hair from sticking out the side of your arms like a, like you squished a uh, triple or something under your armpit making fart noises. All that kind of stuff. But again, 
Manscaped.com. Use a code REVISITED at checkout. Not only do you get 20% off, you get free shipping. And let me tell you, in the industry I work at for my real job, shipping is a bitch. So, it helps. So again, Manscaped.com. Use the code REVISITED. Uh, of course, growing up in the 80s, Weird Al was, still is one of my heroes. And this movie was fucking genius. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I thought from... Now, I, I've, I've seen, I know all about Weird Al. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. Uh, but uh, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, no, I don't want to, I don't, let's not reveal anything, Jesse, for those that haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, it's still fresh. You know, you've had, let's see, we've had uh, Rocket Man, you know, with Elton John. We had uh, Bohemian Rhapsody with Freddie Mercury. Uh, who else? Ray. Uh, Walk the Line. That's the one I was like, I'm missing a big one. You know, there's, there's been, Plenty of music biopics. I think there's a Whitney Houston one coming out. They're trying to cast for a Madonna one right now. Uh, this is the best <laughs> biopic that's ever been made. I'm not even, I'm not fucking joking. This movie is fantastic. It's on Hulu. It's the uh, best featuring an artist in a specific genre. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> And then, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, like, uh, you know, because in, in Star Wars, you know, Han, uh, Harrison Ford was kind of the breakout star, although Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher both had and Mark Hamill still has and Carrie Fisher had, you know, fantastic careers. But I mean, you know, the biggest breakout star was undeniably Harrison Ford. Now, watching the Harry Potter movies, I, I don't know if I was alone in this, but I, I just thought Emma Watson is going to be the breakout star of this. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, Radcliffe. Uh, <laughs> He he has consistently done movies that are so fucking crazy. A Swiss right. Army Man. Uh, what's the one where you have the guns? Guns Akimbo. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah he he is fearless. He doesn't give a shit. He takes roles. Uh, Lost the recent Lost City with Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum. He was great in that. As oh the right. Yeah, it's the villain. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, like you know, much like Robert Pattinson. Uh, Robert, Robert Pattinson to me is a fantastic. I've never seen a damn a whole one of any of the Twilight movies. I've seen parts of them uh, here and now on TV. Uh, you know, always like, oh, it's it's the guy from Twilight. No, Robert Pattinson's a fucking phenomenal actor. You know, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, it's Harry Potter. No, he is not. When I look at Daniel Radcliffe, he's not Harry Potter anymore. First off, now he's Weird Al. But mm. even after that, before that, it's like he 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 more so than uh, Hermione or. Uh, Ron or any of the other, you know, kids actors from uh, the Harry Potter series, he has just done like he has shown his range. He has proven himself like to be fucking amazing. Uh, and you know, when you you know when 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 somebody plays somebody iconic such as Harry Potter, you know, and that's what they're known for, and when you watch them in something after that. And don't see Harry, you know, that's, I don't, I don't see Harry Potter. You know, I saw Weird Al in this movie. Like he channeled it, you know, cause I mean, it's hundred percent factual. I mean, it's, it's, and that's, that's the thing, you know, it's the most accurate biopic that's ever been made. I mean, based on, you know, what I know and I've seen, you know, Weird Al behind the music and, you know, I've loved him since I was a kid. And I mean, it nailed, I mean, all this, all the stuff that you've heard about Weird Al, fucking true. Mm-hmm. And this movie proves it. And that's all, you know, it's on, like I said, it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu. Turn this off right now. Like, literally, turn off the podcast now. Right now. Go watch it. Bye. Uh, but you did. <laughs> you saw it as well, Jesse. So I've, I've gushed 
over how fantastic I thought this movie was. So I'm going to take a break from talking <laughs> and let you speak <laughs> about your thoughts of weird, you know, the Al you know, Yankovic it, story. Yeah. Keeping it a uh, spoiler free. I mean, there's not much more I can add. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I just like, I feel like it was almost like a documentary really at part, just like how true to the story they were with all of it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, because it's all stuff I've heard before. Um, like I'm surprised they went down that route of just keeping it all true. Because I mean, that's the most, that's the biggest thing. That's the, that's the aggravating thing. You know, when you see these based on a true story movies or biopic movies, mm-hmm. and if you know the real story, and it's like, well, why do they leave that out? That's like the best part. You know, they always yeah. leave out like the stuff. You know, truth is stranger than fiction. That's very true, especially with Weird Al, as this movie yeah. shows. You know, so hundred percent agree. Uh, I've seen the other ones you mentioned, like the Queen one. You know, they put in some fake stuff in there. Um, Stuff you just know didn't happen. But then whenever you watch this one, just like, yeah, you think they would have went with jokes and stuff, but they really didn't. And that's what made it so cool. Yeah, because you're expecting that the whole time. You're like, and it's in, I mean, God pulls out your heart. I don't want to to say too much. Yeah, just watch it. But uh, yeah, so uh, highest possible recommendation. Like, right. I don't know which film I like better this year. Honestly, like. The best film I saw this year is still Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's like, I think, the best made, best done film that I saw this year. My favorite film, though, it's like, honestly, I can't say if it's, it's between Weird and Maverick for me. Mm. Like, like uh, I, absol- I, I absolutely love this. But Weird just absolutely loved it. I thought it was so well done. Yeah. Like, they, they knew it. They knew what to do and did it. And they executed it perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we do have some emails. Uh, anything? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. I don't, uh, before I forget, um, I know you saw weird. Was there anything else that you had time I'm to fit to into catch your up busy on schedule? Game of Thrones. I'm getting there. I just had the time jump happen, but I'm only like two minutes into that episode, so uh, yeah, I will that's... resume and catch up. And um, I will say this: it's kind of being a more coherent story. <laughs> but then, as soon as it starts doing that, the time jump happens. So now I gotta. See how that's going to shake things up because it, I was like, okay, now I'm getting it. I'm starting to see what people want, starting to see directions here and not just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be a bad guy because I want to be a bad guy and all that kind of stuff. But um, who knows? We'll see where it goes. I know it's already ended, right? Like, I mean, the yeah. first season. So it's I'm glad. over. So it's not going to get away from me. I'll catch up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I still got to finish. I still got like, I think I got one or two episodes. That might be two. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's catch up on our emails real quick. Uh, I mentioned last episode, Plain Pulling Thompson email, but I didn't have it up, so I didn't read it. So I'm going to read that one now for last episode. Our good friend Plain Pulling Tom says, hey, folks, yes, Waxwork 1 and 2 are surprise hits full of semi-known actors like the lead vampire you forgot to mention was in Bo Derek's Tarzan movie. Uh, anyway, getting back to Warlock with Julian Sands, who I think should be in one of the Game of Thrones series. Speaking of, absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, it would be great to see him pop up. And he's got the blonde hair for a Targaryen, so it's a shock that he isn't. Uh, anyway, I know this is one from the 90s, but if you get a chance, check out Boxing Helena, or Helena, depending on where you put the emphasis. Uh, it's so good. It's, it's, it is so good in so many ways, including the great use of Tears for Fears, Woman and Chainsong, and one of those rare horror movies that the Misfits made a song about it. I did not know it was a horror movie. I thought it was a, some sort of erotic thriller <laughs> so i'll definitely check it out now a quick shout out and looking forward to this week's show plane pulling time thank you tom as promised you know we always read our always read our uh 
emails, even if we forget to. We'll catch them up on the next <laughs> one. And then as I mentioned before, our good f- uh, friend up north, the king of the north, uh, Ryan Lara, uh, Dr. Ryan Lara, Kingston Veterinary Clinic. So again, oh, Ontario. He's in Ontario, in the Ontario Animal Health Network. I know you said you don't have to mention it, Ryan, but hey, if somebody in Canada is listening to this and he's a veterinarian in the Ontario area, just tell him we sent you. So Ryan will you know, hopefully not be upset at me plugging him so much, plugging him in the, in the business way, not in any kind of way other than that. Uh, anyway, he goes on. Uh, he says, just finished the Warlock episode and recall from a long ago email you said to remind you, is it time for Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for being and thank you for being, quote, woke. Not sure why they think it's an insult. Or what not, as it just means some of us are more enlightened and considerate of others, a real sign of humanity that I encourage you to continue. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Ryan. Thank and of course, you. I mean, you are Canadian, so you are much more enlightened than most of our American brothers like and sisters. Like when that term here. first came around, everyone was all on board for it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, it is a good thing to be woke. And now all of a sudden, wait, should we be just stay asleep the rest of our lives? I don't know. It's that, it's that trademark Republican spin. <sighs> ding, ding, ding. That is crazy. It absolutely is. But yes, in, in Ryan, you sent it right in the nick of time, too, because I was literally uh, looking through like my catalog, like my list of like movies to do. Didn't even think, have no memory of Thanksgiving or anything. And then thankfully, checking the email just to make sure getting the notes, you know, everything kind of set up in line for the show. And it's like, oh, Ryan, oh, thanks. Oh, November. And it was like, yes, thank you, Ryan. So seriously, <laughs> thank you. For reminding me because, and like you're, and, and honestly, I was shocked because I could have swore we had done at least four, three or four Tom Hanks movies. We've only done one until this one. What? And it was The Money Pit. Yeah, I do remember that. Haven't done Big. So, nope. I'm not a fan of Big is an iconic movie. Well, I know, but, but it's just it's, a well known. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just not fun. I don't burb. find it fun. It's, it, the drama gets in the way, though. The burbs are coming for sure. That's yeah. my, probably one of our favorite Hanks movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Dragnet's but, never coming. Wow, that's crazy. Bachelor Party? Yeah. That's a, wow. Nope. Because I, I went, I, I triple checked because our good friend Ben Wyatt made the letterbox list of every movie we've covered. I went through every thumbnail <laughs> right. four times. Like, because I, I, sw- I could have swore we did Turner and Hooch. We didn't. We just talk about I'm it all the time because sure. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson, uh, right. you know, spoiler alert, kills Hooch at the end. And every time we, we mention him, I always mention how much of a bastard he is for killing Hooch. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and then we got a, uh, one more email. Our good friend, the Night's Watch, another Game of Thrones thing, <laughs> a reference popping up. Hey, guys, just finished the episode Creep Show. To me, that is my favorite horror movie of all time. Good choice. Uh, I think of it a lot. I think a lot of it has to do with just pure nostalgia. I watched that movie when it was when it aired on cable when I was 12 years old. Me and my best friend at the time watched it at my house before my mom dropped us off at our local arcade. God, just that's so relatable. Like so many times watching movies and then getting going to the arcade and uh, the good, yeah. the good old days. Uh, the actors in the movie for horror movies were top notch. I also love you mentioned it as well. Uh, the way there would be a green or a red or blue light that flashes on an actor's face when something terrifying happens to them. I also love how some of the scenes were made like a comic were made like comic book titles. Also, to me, one of the best scores in any horror movie. The music by John Harrison and Creepshow really sets the mood for every single scene. Anyhow, I just wanted to give you my two cents on Creepshow. It's one of my all time favorite horror movies of all time. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Night's Watch. Much appreciated. Uh, and yeah, that was the episode we interviewed. We always said we did our interview with the, I forget, uh, sorry, I forgot your name because it's been fucking forever ago, but the Creepshow Museum, <laughs> yeah. uh, where we, we had set it up and we ended up having to do it while he was driving, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so the connection was really bad and we couldn't, could barely hear each other. 
and everything. So if Creepshow is your favorite movie, make sure you go to Facebook and give the Creepshow Museum a like. Uh, and we'll have to get him back on the show one time because uh, we did. Did we ever do Creepshow 2? We only did the first one. I, no, we did two because I think I think we did two. <laughs> I think because there's, no, there's not another one in the 80s because Creepshow 3 is everybody wants to forget about. 280 something. 287. It's because I guess I kind of swore we did because I know we did. Remember the, obviously the first one, mm-hmm. but yeah, we had to do the second. I'm pretty sure. 99% sure. But I was also 9% sure about Turner and Hooch. So you, you see how that goes uh, when it comes <laughs> to my memory these days. But yeah, uh, Creepshow is still a classic. That, that cover art still for both one and two, two of the best VHS covers of all time, Creepshow one and two, uh, in my opinion. And definitely, the, that, that's definitely a, a great example, too, of all the elements, direction, acting, even Stephen King's acting in it, uh, storytelling, <laughs> the, just the general aesthetic and everything with the lighting and the music as well, just all just comes together for such an iconic uh, film and a great watch. I mean, of course, I do prefer part two, mainly because the raft is just so fucking terrifying to me, especially growing up in Louisiana with a pond in my yard. And seeing black plastic bags floating in it occasionally, and and being scared to death as a kid. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, creep show, awesome. And if you have, if it's if you haven't seen the show on Shutter, I find the show to be pretty damn good. There's a great, uh, is it a Christmas episode? It's an episode where about uh, uh um, shit, uh, like a monster anonymous meeting. That's the episode of Creep Show that's fucking incredible. Like my favorite one of the of the reboot of the, on uh, Shutter. So check that out. If you're a fan of Creepshow. And if you'd like to get your email read by, apparently based on the beginning of this episode, amateur podcaster Trey Harris, email <laughs> us at 80srevisited at gmail.com. As mentioned earlier on Facebook, or not earlier, as mentioned Instagram earlier, 80s underscore revisited on Facebook, 80s revisited podcast. Uh, shout out to our good friends near and far, Cajun Toy Review, John, uh, and a two old Cajun. He has another podcast too, two old Cajuns talking shit or something. I get, uh, John, I promised last time I would get the name of it, and I have since forgotten again. Uh, but I'll try to remember, <laughs> or it'll just become a running gag like you picking up your jacket after you came and guessed it on an episode. And of course, uh, all the way on the in already in the other side of the world in Tasmania, our good friend Ben Wyatt, Doomslayer himself. Check out TCW. He's moving up the charts. He's got two, remember, three. Correct me if I'm wrong, Doomslayer. Three wins under his belt. Uh, moving on up the card. Aiming for that title shot. Best of luck. Keep the faith. I'm keeping it some for, for you here in the States. When TCW goes global, mm-hmm. I'll be there front row with a chair to slide to you under the ring. Or your chain. Bring the chain back, Doomy. Slide it to you. I'll help you out there. Especially that little girl. That little girl that Smack keeps thwarting you. <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah, maybe I, should, maybe I should turn heel on him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Does he... And see, so he was, you know, he 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 took me out one episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if if you like what you hear, and this might not be the best episode to say this, but if you like what you hear, <laughs> leave a review on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to this. We like to hear them or read them and everything. Uh, you know, it helps us in a lot of ways. And again, we do this for this is a you know we do this for fun, no other reason than that. Uh, and we've got to meet a lot of good people, had a lot of good conversations. Uh, and the reviews are always fun. If they're if they're five star, you know, we'll read them. If they're one star, we will read them as well, uh, because we're fair here. And again, part of being fair when it comes to reviews, as I say every week, if you're going to leave a bad one and you leave and you leave a one sentence comment, you better be telling the truth because we got receipts. And <laughs> uh, Ryan, those those ones who said we were too woke and left those one sentence receipt uh, reviews, we got the receipts to 
to clarify what we were saying. So anyway, good or bad, leave a review. We don't care. I mean, we kind of care, you know, but it's always good to just get some feedback and know what we're doing to see what we can improve because, you know, you got to have people that keep you in check. Uh, and if you don't want to keep us in check, well, fuck off. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so it's late here. That's why, that's why this is the latest we've ever, I've ever done. It's right. 2 a.m. my time, 3 a.m. Jesse's time, but Jesse's more of a night owl than I am these days. Uh, used to be, used to be a huge night. Now I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. I'm going to have to convince <laughs> Violet to have, you know, quiet, Violet, let's have quiet time and let's go lay down for quiet time for just like 20 minutes, sweetheart. Come on. Let's just go lay down. And she, she's going to be wired and won't want to do it. Anyway, everybody, next week, Thanksgiving continues as we're going to dip our toes and do a little splishy splash with Daryl Hannah in a bathtub for Splash and also starring the late, great John Candy. Uh, but a much better Tom Hanks film. And abs- actually, I can, that's Vegas odds. That's better than Vegas odds, but it's 100%. Splash is a much better film than Mazes and Monsters. So, again, last warning. Don't watch Mazes and Monsters. Seriously. Not joking at all. That movie is shit. Watch Splash, and we'll talk about it next week right here on 80s Revisited, where I will hopefully remain coherent and Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Pardue!